It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. David Holt, uh, president of Consumer Energy Alliance, uh, joining me now. David, Americans spending less on the holidays and more on energy, heating oil included and aside. What's going on here? You know, it's been it's been a crazy couple of years. I don't think I need to tell anybody on the on the, the, the listening in now that they're paying more for energy, paying more for gasoline, paying more for diesel, paying more for electricity. It's been up across the board. Inflation is higher. Uh, even though we've seen gasoline diesel prices come down just a little bit in the last several weeks, we're still paying significantly more than we were in early 2021. And you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's simply because we have an upside-down energy policy in this country. We're not meeting our energy needs with homegrown oil and natural gas. Uh, obviously, we're continuing to diversify our energy portfolio and, and add things like solar and wind. But we need oil and natural gas to meet our fundamental basic energy needs. And our policies do not allow us to have affordable or reliable energy and many of our policies are actually hurting our environmental performance as well. So it's, it's you, you, you said it, uh, folks are tightening their pocketbooks this Christmas. Uh, over 40% of Americans have already said that they're going to spend less this Christmas than they did in previous Christmases. Uh, we looked at electricity prices going into this winter and just using open source data from the U.S. government, the Consumer Energy Alliance predicted that Americans overall will spend over 14 billion dollars more to heat their homes this winter so it's it's unconscionable and and hopefully with the new congress coming in in the new year they'll actually start taking action around it but uh americans need to continue to make our voices heard let's talk about what action can be taken now we both know the obvious right Uh, whether it's natural gas shale in whatever way we can extract what is one of if not the world's largest in place supply of uh, of frankly natural energy let's call it what it is it's a part of our planet it's a part of our 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 geology so that aside and you mentioned congress what do you think they can do, uh, David? And I'll use an example of leases and permits. Watching an interview with the CEO of Chevron yesterday and looking at other things as, you know, as I do on a daily basis, uh, they get a lease. They never get the permits. There are multiple permit levels. So we're talking about years to even get the energy industry flowing. And while that would help as a future or a commodity approach with current pricing in the in the near term, what else can Congress actually do? Uh, they can do a lot. Now, the question is, can you get something through both the House and the Senate and, and have the president sign it? But theoretically, you need to have permitting reform. You just talked about it. All the levels and layers of permits that, that, that it takes to get uh, oil and gas leases through the system it takes years. Uh, many times with this administration, we're seeing kind of the procedural administrative permits get, get approved, but the actual actionable permits that allow for development do not get approved. This administration has put its foot down on offshore energy development and has really slowed down, if not completely stopped that process, which is, you know, about 15, 17 percent of all U.S. 
uh, oil and natural gas comes from the Gulf of Mexico by itself. So getting that started again, permitting and improving permits for pipelines, for natural gas, oil, and other pipelines to get the energy to where it's needed. The Northeast is putting itself in a very precarious situation because it just simply does not have enough energy pipelines to get natural gas and other energy commodities to the public. And if there's a real cold spell, we're going to see some difficult situations. So finding and understanding that affordable energy is a fundamental aspect of our economy, reliable energy. We had over 20 states this last summer either announce or have brownouts or blackouts. And that's because they could not get the energy needed to meet the electricity demand for families and businesses. That, to me, is unconscionable. We're 2022 going into 2023 United States of America. We should be able to meet our energy needs in a reliable, affordable way. And right now, the federal government and many state governments are hindering that. Uh, Legal reform. Every time you see a group protest or stop or, or kill a pipeline or energy project because of lawsuits or other things, they are helping to increase our energy prices. Those groups need to be blamed for the high prices we see today, and they need to get out of the way. No is not an answer to our energy policy. Uh, we can meet our environmental needs while we meet in our energy policy. We can do both of those things at the same time. So too many people in Congress, too many people in activist uh, groups continue to say the only way to meet our environmental needs is to ban oil and natural gas. That is a complete falsehood, and it's not even possible. It's like talking about unicorns. We've got to do both, and we have to get off this notion that the only way to meet our energy needs is to ban or discontinue the use of oil and gas. That's absolutely ridiculous. Let's talk about an important aspect of this, financing for exploration, yep. financing, by the way, not just for uh, the big companies, the Chevrons and others, but even subsidiary companies, uh, sub, you know, companies that make the machinery and more. One of the things that has been done by this administration and in concert with uh, other with banks around America is they have stopped financing or lowered financing for development, made it almost impossible. So if you're going to, as a company, invest in something, but you may not have the financing ability because that's being blocked, you never get there. Now, who plays? Look, I, I think your point about Congress, you can maybe get a bill in the House if we're lucky. It's not going to get through the Senate, most likely, and probably never through Joe Biden. But corporations, you know, do, do we need to see, in a sense, an American uh, corporate alignment that says to the banks and others, we're going to stand uniformly against this because their development, Chevron is looking at a projected compound growth of about 3%, according to their CEO, over the next year. I'm sure they'd rather be growing more while that's a significant number for a company that size, but they can't grow if other companies cannot grow along as effectively. So do we need some form of alignment and working together to take on the administration, the the banks, because without financing, 
the Biden administration gets their way. You know, that's such a good point. And, and, and fundamentally, all businesses need, you know, two things. They need predictability and they need transparency. And transparency comes with a reliable system of government that says, here's the permits. We're going to issue them at this pace. And so everyone knows how their business is supposed to perform and everyone has basically fair rules, right? The other one is predictability. And, and the first order of business is the predictability of the market. And uh, this administration, even previous administrations, previous members of Congress, uh, activist groups, and a lot of folks in the financial sector have really thwarted uh, development and investment in oil and natural gas for this notion largely that the only way to meet our environmental needs is to ban oil and natural gas. And, and many folks somehow believe this, which is is it's it's ridiculous as i said so getting us getting back to a system where the markets allow some transparency and predictability on the front end to say okay we've got to meet our energy needs oil and natural gas is the way to do that we're going to have solid sensible investment in the oil and gas sector we can diversify our energy portfolio we can do a lot of things to provide you know return on investment for the investors but your point that in the last several years, especially, um, investment in the in the oil and gas sector has been diminished by a kind of a confluence of events, both public, political, and in the financial sector, groups putting a lot of pressure at the board level for these really large investment houses that uh, that say again, you know, you've got to discontinue your investment in oil and natural gas because it's just a bad thing to do. Well. The result of that is people freeze, people pay too much, people can't afford their Christmas, uh, the, the price for every commodity in this country goes up, because when the price of diesel goes up, the price of everything that is delivered by truck goes up. So food, clothing, uh, building materials, shoes, uh, 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 groceries, all your Christmas presents, all those things go up. Anything that is delivered by Amazon costs more. So the ripple effect is profound, and we've got to be a little more sensible about it. But you are 100% right that finding ways to get back to the investment climate for oil and natural gas is greatly needed. Yeah, I mean, without investment, <laughs> nothing works. And, and by the way, to draw this down another level closer to the folks, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the top line, people are spending less, more on energy, less on Christmas. But as companies' costs go up, whether it's shipping costs, uh, energy costs to run the plant, energy costs to turn on the lights, even in a, a white-collar office, it has a cost to the company, which means they may be more, they may uh, tamp down on hiring, they may have a freeze on hiring, uh, bonuses, raises, people have earned the right, they work hard, they, but, but the company says, oh, we just can't do it. And it, when those things start coming into play, that begins to affect the jobs picture. So this, this, is, a, this is a circular firing squad of economic stupidity. It really is. I mean, let's put a fine print on it. So let's say you, you're a small business owner and you own your own building and you employ 50 people. And just for simple math, let's say you're paying uh, $5,000 a month for your electricity bill. And because of higher electricity prices, you're all of a sudden going from 5000 a month to 10000 a month. 
that's a significant increase for a small business. So what, what are your options then? Are you laying off one of your 50 employees? Are you cutting back somewhere else? You know, budgets are tight across the board. And if you're an employer, which the vast majority of employers in this country are small businesses that are trying to make ends meet, that are trying to keep the economy going, that are trying to do the right thing by their employees and their employees' families, And when you have an increase in electricity prices like we've seen in this country in the last two years, those hard choices are what those employers are now being faced with. These are real, real issues for the consumer and the small businesses around the country. And let's say you're a single mother of four kids and you're making less than $30,000 a year and your electricity price doubles, are you making a hard choice between food on the table and keeping your house warm this winter. You know, these, these emotional choices, we lose some of these real life um, anecdotes or real life stories when we talk about the big picture, but that's what's happening when we're saying that over 40% of Americans are having to choose to do less this Christmas because they're paying more for energy prices. Uh, Something has to be done. You know, we need to have more conversations about it, put more pressure on our political leadership. No one in this country should vote for a political leader at any level who does not understand basic energy economics and how energy is made and produced and delivered. And the fact that we need oil and gas at an ever cleaner in an ever cleaner footprint. Fine. Great. We can do that. But politicians that refuse to admit that should not be voted into office. Unfortunately, it's from the top down. I'm just going to go. This was 16 hours ago. Uh, Thanks to American Ingenuity, American engineers and American auto workers were making it easier to buy American-made electric vehicles and were just getting started. Uh, That's the Joe Biden tweet. Uh, You know, it's not tone deaf. It's deliberate. It's a forced behavior coming out of the Oval Office all the way down the political pipeline. And while the pipeline is closed, Americans are paying the price. Enough of this. Uh, I got to tell you, I I don't have a good outlook, realistic outlook, David, on what will happen this winter in the summer. uh, Michigan, for example, couldn't deliver enough gigawatts of electricity to meet the the demand. They needed, I believe, 129 gigawatts. They could only produce 119. But uh, but you get my point. They couldn't produce enough. Winter's coming. Their capacity didn't increase while their governor tries to punish uh, fuels, fossil fuels, tax costs. In simple terms, people will die because of their policies. You know, the, 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 the ultimate irony on electric vehicles, and we support electric vehicles, and, 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 you know, vehicle diversity, energy diversity is all part of the mix. It's, it's a reality. The market has spoken. But, you know, uh, earlier this summer, the Cal- state of California announced that it was going to impose an electric vehicle mandate and require electric vehicles by 2035. It was a pretty onerous mandate that came down the pike, literally. Three days later, the state of California urged its citizens who owned electric vehicles not to charge them because California couldn't deliver the electricity capacity. So that's the policies we're walking ourselves into. You know, literally, you're going to own these electric vehicles. People are going to try to charge them. And then all, all 
citizens won't have the electricity to cool their homes in the summer or warm their homes in the winter, uh, or they won't even be able to charge their vehicles. You know, we don't have enough precious metals, cobalt, lithium, other things that we've talked about for a long time to meet the needs to fabricate the electric vehicles. And we don't have the gigawatts needed to charge the electric vehicles. So we're just creating this system, like you say, that's like a circular firing squad where we, I guess it's virtue signaling. I'm not quite sure, but we're talking about all these things that make people feel good at a certain level, but that are not good policy that are going to hurt people in reality. So, you know, we can meet these environmental goals. We can do all the things that we want to do as a society to continue to clean up our air and water. Uh, but we've got to meet our most fundamental energy needs. Um, and that's, that's just, it's, it's unfortunate that we're in this situation. Uh, I do think with some political leaders, as you said, it is intentional. They know what they're doing, uh, but they are pandering to a political base and they are pandering to the radicals in their party. And uh, the radicals in the party need to be uh, shoved to the side and not listened to because they're not doing anyone any good. Yeah. But they did sign the Respect for Marriage Act into law, so now you can freeze together while not being able to pay your bill. There you go. All right. They got something done. Sorry, I couldn't resist sarcasm. <laughs> David, you're a serious guest. I'll even apologize to you for that. But, yeah, we've had it. American people have had it with this. And uh, we can't afford their policies in simple terms. That's what it is. It, it, is, a, it is a seriously frustrating situation. And, you know, but it shows like this that, you know, the more we can have conversations where hopefully it, it gets a, a message out that resonates with folks. And, you know, 2024 is not far away. And we all need to think about how we can change not only energy policy, but other policies in this country to, to uh, more effectively serve the country. Um, and we've got to be serious about that. And like I said, no politician at any level, all the way down to dog catcher could be allowed to win office if they don't understand what energy and energy policy means to the rank and file Americans. Yeah, fully agree, my friend. You know, a thought for our a future segment between us and, of course, with the work you do at Consumer Energy Alliance is what states uh, can do in maybe in defiance of or in spite of what the federal level's doing uh, to look at what states like yours, Texas and other states can do that have the capability and they would need, obviously, a willing governor's office. Maybe there's maybe there's a little fight left there. There is, and there are things that states can do that, that help meet energy needs. But then when you get into, you know, most pipelines have to traverse multiple states um, and, and things like that. So there are federal requirements, multi-state requirements. So uh, there are some things that states like Texas that's energy rich, Oklahoma, New Mexico, other states um, uh, that they have been able to do in a thoughtful way. But uh, you still are kind of pinched in, and we're not producing the same energy levels of oil and natural gas that we used to uh, prior to this administration. David Holt, uh, president of the Consumer Energy Alliance, consumerenergyalliance.org is the website. Uh, let's let's take a look uh, next time around, David, at the, the states and what they can do, help the people understand what they can advocate for, push for with their legislators, and who knows, with call the count, call the dog catcher. Call everybody. Exactly. That's, that's what we exactly. say. Exactly. Get them all. I'd love to have that conversation. 
All right, we're going to set that one up. Uh, we'll do it after Christmas uh, or after the new year, actually. David, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. David Holt, president of the Consumer Energy Alliance. We're going to, guys, get that set up. Let's focus on states. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.